Well, peel another page off the calendar. It's time for another Anticast. Anticast number 37. Well, yes, indeed you do. Anticast number 37 coming to your earbuds or your computer or pretty much uh, anywhere you are that are you're listening. We've got a spectacular show this time. We've got a, uh, one, probably one of my favorite uh, uninformed biographies this week, and we will take care of business later on. I want to dedicate this show to the one and only Nate and Die because they're taking a little break right now while they're dealing with some stuff. So I thought, why not dedicate this to them? And without further ado, let's let the cartoon begin. Uh, hey, Yogi. Do you know what time it is, Yogi? Is it time to go take a picnic basket from Ranger Smith? Well, not exactly, Yogi. Well, what the hell time is it then? It's time for another uninformed biography with your host, Pete Moss. Pete Moss? What a dick. Hello and welcome once again to yet another uninformed biography. I'm your host, Pete Moss. What do you get when you cross a husband, a stay-at-home dad, and a struggling actor living under the flight path of Los Angeles International Airport? No, no, it is not a homeless person. This, of course, can only result in one of the greatest podcasts known to men around the world. I am referring, of course, to none other than the bitterest pill and its incomparable host, Dan Glass. As this is uninformed biography, we will present a brief biography of Dan with absolutely no research, nor any contact with him whatsoever, and without his knowledge or consent. All uninformed biographies are presented for pure entertainment purposes, and any information that is in fact correct is purely coincidental and unintentional. Any rebroadcast in full or in part without the consent of the Endicast podcast, though probably unlikely, is not a good idea anyway. And, as always, please, no wagering. So check your insecurities at the door. Push out the feet of the bar lounger and grab a nice cold beer from the fridge and pass control of the remote control to your spouse as we dive in headfirst into the utterly amazing and highly invented life of Daniel Klaas. Born of Lithuanian descent, Danislav Klasanovich was born at an early age and really recalls very little of his Lithuanian life. The eldest son to Yuri and Patrinka Klasanovich, Danislav spent much of his early life caring for his 27 younger siblings. Needless to say, Danislav's parents had a lot of fun. During the time of the Tsars in the early part of the 1900s, the Klasanoviches provided a very important service to the royal family, that being the exclusive supplier of ping-pong balls and table tennis equipment. History is littered with the royal family's love of Tabelov Tanarski. This afforded the Klasanovich family a lifestyle of luxury that caused tremendous animosity amongst the Lithuanian peasants. Grandma Klasanovich recalls the family mansion. That's a lovely one. See, that's, that's the street that we lived on. But I can't remember where. <laughs> I don't know why it looks like that. Everybody tells me it looks... So different, yes? To me, it's all just the same. That's enough for both of you. Ouch! After the fall of the Tsar and subsequent rise of communism in Lithuania, the Klasanovich family needed to get out of Dodge and get out of Dodge in a hurry. Setting their sights on America, the family settled in New Amsterdam, which is now called New York. Originally, Danislav's father found it hard to find work. 
In wisdom beyond his years, the family name was trimmed to make it sound more American. However, this decision was not met well. Dropping the class from the name turned out to be the wrong end of the name to trim. After a very brief stint known as Danislav Son of a Bitch, the family name was re-edited to be Klaas, and Danislav became Daniel. Now, with a solid naming convention, Dan set out to conquer the land of plenty. It wasn't long before the land of plenty was a land of crap, when after a very intense and exciting relationship with a voodoo woman named Phyllis, Dan found himself penniless and underwellless in New York. This forced Dan to the streets to panhandle for money. It was, however, on the streets that Dan learned of his true calling, public urination. Dan's skills in snowbank sculpture were city-wide renowned. People would come from all over the city and surrounding areas to see Dan's masterpieces. Armed only with several bottles of water, Dan was able to carve the most elaborate sculptures. His near-perfect rendition of the Sistine Chapel and of Michelangelo's David earned Dan the respect of the city, the local and national media, and more importantly, a much-needed influx of cash to help support his family. It was on a frigid January night that Dan was hired to carve the most important sculpture of his young life. A man with perhaps the most beautiful daughter in the tri-state area wanted her beauty captured on the front lawn for a sum of $5,000. Needless to say, Dan accepted. Upon arrival at the home, Dan gazed upon this vision of loveliness. It was love at first sight. A vision of loveliness not just for his eyes, but for his ears too, as he could hear the sweet Melissa from nearly a block away. Prior to his arrival, Dan had prepared himself with several bottles of the finest Evian and Perrier waters. He found the effervescence of the Perrier helped to steady the stream. It was now time to begin. However, much to his chagrin, the stream was not to pee. It seemed that the vision of loveliness had impacted Dan's paintbrush in such a way as to render it useless. Despite numerous attempts to force the Perrier and Evian to bid his will, it was not happening. Although impressed, Melissa's persistent giggling did not allow Dan the concentration needed to get the job done. This infuriated Melissa's father, whom to this day continues to harbor ill feelings towards Dan. Despite this, Dan wed Melissa, they've had two wonderful children, and the fantastic Bitterest Bill podcast. And the rest, as they say, is history. I hope you've enjoyed this edition of Uninformed Biography, exclusively found on the Handicast podcast. I've been your host, Pete Moss. May the stars always be above you, unless you are upside down. Welcome to Handicast News. I'm your host, Chip Beef. Handicast Podcast is served with a cease and desist order from Backman Turner Overdrive for using their theme, Take Care of Business. A phone call from none other than Burton Cummings to the Handicast Home Office has included a cease and desist order not to use that for his taking care of business spot. This has been your host, Chip Beef, reporting. Burton Cummings didn't really. I just liked that little that little piece of music, so I thought I figured some way of working out, working through it. Anyways, um, I thought better we shouldn't use the Bachman Turner Overdrive thing in just in case. Anyways, let's have a look at this week's poll. What would 
what 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 I'm just reading this off the page. What would should be what the hell? Who the frick wrote Oh I did. What would be the name or what could be the name of Andy Cast listeners? So we had again awesome participation. We've had uh, most of them are I, I threw up two and uh, we have a total of let's see one, two, three, four, five, six. We have seven altogether. Yeah, and you can count. Look at that. All right, so at the bottom of the list, absolutely nobody thought the Anticast gang was very funny or uh, appropriate. And, um, oh, well. Uh, one person say Andyites. Another person said Anonymous, which I thought was pretty funny. Somebody else came up with the brilliant idea of Anticasters. It's pretty cool. Someone else came up with Androids. Two people came up with and it agreed that Andy Cast Castaways was a good idea. That's kind of my personal favorite. But of course, topping the charts, more than one third of the votes, four people said the Ponytail Gang. And, um, okay. And thank you for listening, Ponytail Gang. Next week's poll, I haven't quite decided what it'll be, but come back to the Andy Cast site, www.andycast.net, and let's have a look and see what will be. Will be. Well, that pretty much closes the books on Cast number 37. Thank you very much for hanging out and allowing me to waste 10 minutes of your life. I want to thank Barry from Barry for being a consistent and constant supporter to the Cast, and thank you very much for the email. I uh, also like to thank a uh, uh, little uh, shout out here to uh, Steve from the Monkey Man pa- <laughs> Steve from the Monkey Man podcast. Man and Danny from the audio. Why do these people have these freaking alliterations in their podcast names? God, makes it hard for my tongue just can't do that at this time of the night. God. Anyways, to Steve from the Monkey Man podcast and Danny from the Audio Addicts pod, audio audio addicts, yeah, podcast. Um, folks, your checks are in the mail. Okay. I think they know what that sort of means. And you may want to check out their shows. You may hear a little bit of these golden pipes over on those shows. And sometime really soon. I also want to thank a good friend in Second Life, fellow Canadian, Shayla Larkin, for finding me a great piece of land right next to hers in, in Second Life. So we're going to set up tunnels and all kinds of cool crap. And who knows what's going to go on there in Second Life. Again, thank you very much for listening. This is Andy, your host, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah, you can send email to Andy. You can send email to andycast at gmail.com or go and visit the website www.andycast.net. Not.com. Some fishing dude in Florida's got.com. Oh, that bastard. Anyways, andycast.net. Thank you very much and bye bye. This has been a TaylorMade Creative Production.